Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 254. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you once again for listening and thanks for downloading. First time listeners, we're glad that you found our podcast and we hope you enjoy it. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au and it's actually five years since the very first episode of the Tech Guide podcast. So thanks for hanging in there if you have been uh, listening from episode one. On this week's show, can you get away with carrying a photo of your license on your phone instead of your actual driver's license. Why we're not updating our phones as often as we used to, and Telstra switches on its one millionth Wi-Fi hotspot in Australia. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to run our eye over the new 10.5-inch iPad Pro, as well as Sparrow's new Spider-Man interactive toy, and we're going to also talk about Samsung Pay, which has expanded, and we're going to wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi product, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show planned for you, so let's get cracking. First up on the show, I'm going to talk about a, a little a, a little issue that, uh, that I've had various opinions. I've sought some uh, expert advice And it's all about carrying your driver's license. And as we move closer to having a digital driver's license, I thought to myself, well, isn't a photo of your driver's license a digital license? And would you be able to get away with having a photo of your license instead of your actual license? Would a photo on your smartphone of your driver's license get you out of a fine? I thought this is an interesting thing, and I, I thought I'd put it to a friend of mine who ha- happens to also be a highway patrol officer, and I've had various opinions too. I've spoken to other police officers, and I've got some feedback. I'm not going to name any of them, of course, but I think it comes down to the fact that it's actually a matter of discretion. It's it's up to the officer, the, the policeman or woman who might, might pull you over, whether they're going to actually accept the a photograph of your license instead of your actual license. Now let's not let's not beat around the bush. The law states that you have to have your license on you if you're pulled over. So that that is the letter of the law. You must carry your physical license. But I have heard from drivers, I have heard from police officers who have accepted the a photograph of their driver's license because a a physical driver's license is going to provide the driver's license number, their photo, their address, the expiry date. All, All the license represents is that information. So if you have a photo of your license, 
that same information will be presented. Now, our highway patrol officer friend said that he had actually accepted photos of someone's license because it gave them the information to prove that the driver is who they say they are and also their information that can be checked on the spot. So the, one, one point that was brought up was the difference between a digital license and a photo of your license. A digital license is actually uh, an official document, so it can't be doctored, whereas a photo can be adjusted, can be tampered with, can be changed. But in this instance, when you're talking about a driver's license, you're not, we're not talking about a fake ID to get into a nightclub. We're talking about a document, a, a, a license, and that information presented on that license that can be checked on the spot. So if you've got a doctored driver's license, a photo of a doctored driver's license, and try to pass that off as your actual driver's license, then the officer's going to find that out on the spot. So there's no real point. There's no upside to faking a driver's license because that's going to be that can be checked instantly. The the officer also told us that if the if the driver if the the person is comfortable handing over their unlocked phone to the officer so they can then check their information, then that would be okay. Others are, are more sticklers to the actual law and say, no, you don't have your license, that, that's, that's an offence, you're going to get fined, a photo is not going to cut it. So it really depends on the officer. But one of the people I spoke to, one of the officers I spoke to, also made a great point where he said that you really got to consider what the magistrate's attitude would be towards this if the driver decided to take you to court. Say, for example, the the officer said, "No, I don't accept your digital drive, your photo of your driver's license. You need your actual license, and you're getting a fine." If that driver turned around and decided to take the matter to court, then the magistrate may may think, well, the person did their all, all in their power to provide a digital copy of their license and was trying to prove their identity. So the vibe that I got from the officer was that the magistrate might actually be sympathetic to the person who's defending the matter, simply saying, well, I did forget my license, but I did have a digital copy on my phone that I was prepared to hand over and show the officer. Uh, and so that that could be an interesting situation should it have, should it get to the courtroom stage. So this is a really interesting debate that people have had on on our Tech Guide story and our, our Tech Guide Facebook page. We'd love you to join in on the conversation. The uh, you might even be listening to this podcast right now while you're driving your car. So you may want to think well. Having a digital image, having a photo of your license on your phone may be even a good backup to not having your license. I heard from a couple of people who said that I uh, they often drive uh, to the gym or drive to start a run somewhere, and they don't want to carry their wallet. That's one thing they don't want to leave in the car. They don't want to have on them when they're running. And these people, have had, they've got their phone when they run or, or in the gym because they've got their music. And so on the on the phone would be a digital a copy, a photograph of their license as well. So a lot of people, some people have, uh, officers have accepted this, others haven't. So it's really split down the middle. Would you accept it? Will it be accepted by an officer? 
having it on your, on your phone just in case. You may forget your actual license, but you're not, not going to forget your phone anytime soon. So having a photo of your license on your phone may be even a great backup if you, you don't have your physical license with you as well. Anyway, that is the, that's what we've put forward. We'd love to hear what you think. Tweet me at Stephen Fennick and that's Stephen Swirt with a PH if you want to tweet me about it. Uh, or you can get in touch. You can read our story at Tech Guide as well. Look at our Facebook page. But our, our blog is actually at techguide.com.au and we'd love to hear what you think. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, we do love our smartphones. Australians are a very tech-savvy people and have always more, I think we've got a higher penetration of smartphones in our country than nearly any other country in the world. We are one of the highest. But there was some interesting information presented by finder.com.au. They did some interesting research. They researched 2,100 Australians and revealed that not all of us are changing our smartphones as often as we used to. In fact, we're actually waiting up to three years to change our devices, despite the fact that new and shiny devices are released all the time from various companies, including every year Samsung has an update, Apple has a new iPhone every single year, yet customers are not being tempted to change. We are quite happy with the device we have. And oftentimes, the research found that the handset that the customer has, after about 18 months, they think, well, it's probably going to be another 18 months before they look for a new phone, which adds up to about three years. According to the Finder survey, Gen Y updates uh, most frequently. That's every 27.6 months followed by Gen X every 34.1 months. And then right up the back is the baby boomers every 44.5 months. That's nearly four years with the same device. So why aren't we changing? Why aren't we rushing out to buy the latest devices? Well, the thing is about the smartphone market, it's actually matured quite a bit in the last few years, which means that the there's not a huge amount of new features, new capabilities on the latest phones as compared to the phones from the previous year. So it really takes a lot for for customers to change their phone after a year or two years because the phone does everything they want that want it to do, makes their calls, connects them to their apps, connects them to social media, keeps them in touch with the outside world. And a lot of people are just happy. They don't want the hassle of having to update a new phone unless some razzle-dazzle new phone comes out, like, say, for example, the Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus, which is kind of a, a really sort of different-looking phone with the Infinity display, the bigger screen in a smaller body iPhone 8 is rumored this year to have radically updated design. It's going to be the 10th anniversary of the iPhone, so Apple no doubt have got something special planned. Will those sorts of devices prompt people to maybe update their devices sooner rather than later? In the case of the iPhone, between iPhone 6, iPhone 6S, and iPhone 7, hasn't been much of a change in terms of design and features. Yeah, there have been improvements, of course, for every model. 
But in terms of design and the core functionality of the iPhone, it stayed pretty much the same over three years. So I know I know a lot of people who have got an iPhone six. You know, that's a three year old phone, and they're quite happy with it. And may they may update you know, depending on what Apple do, uh, unveils later this year with the iPhone eight or iPhone X or whatever they're going to call it. So we're not rushing out to buy the new phones because the features that would normally be on a high end phone, say two or three years ago, is now available. On an entry, on a mid-level phone, even entry-level phones nowadays, phones under two hundred dollars have the the features that you'd expect to find on a high-end phone three or four years ago. So the the the, the technology is really improving. You're getting a lot of value as well, uh, and we're just simply sticking, picking, and sticking when it comes to our smartphones. But if you did decide you're looking for a new phone. Then we've got some tips on how to looking if you're looking to buy a new phone, what to consider. Some tips for you. I think number one, stay within your budget. Don't overspend on a phone. So don't buy a device that's got so many features that you're not going to use. You're just paying money for nothing. So check to see whether the device offers any kind of functionality that you would definitely use rather than having just buying it because it's the latest and greatest uh, and spending twice as much as you normally would. Uh, That's just giving your money away. Also consider whether you should buy your phone outright or on a plan. Uh, if a plan obviously lets you pay a phone off over a couple of years, usually that's the contract length, 24 months. But if you do decide to buy outright, what advantage that offers is the fact that you're not locked into a contract. You can buy SIM-only plans that are that you, that also don't have a lock-in contract, so you can chop and change. If you see a better deal, you can simply change across to that new deal as well. So that's an advantage of having an outright device. Also, check to see if there's enough storage on the on the device as well. Uh, the mem- memories are increasing on 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 smartphones nowadays. There's also cloud storage. Some phones also have expandable storage, so micro SD card slot to expand your storage as well. But I think if you're looking at a plan, if you've got your phone, the plan that you have to run with it, make sure it's got enough data to support uh, the amount of data that, and, and content that you consume. That's one thing that's really gone up really uh, significantly over the last few years is the amount of data we use with our phones. A few years ago, Two, two years ago even, six, seven, eight gigs was plenty of data. Today, in 2017, you're looking at their plans with 20, 25, even 30 gig of data. So that just goes to show in a, in a few short years how much our appetite for data has increased, how much more content we're viewing. So that that's another thing to consider. And lastly, do your research. We review all our all the latest smartphones on Tech Guide. So uh, ch- check out our website, our review section. Check out our search box. Just type in the phone that you want to uh, want to hear about, and uh, we've more than likely reviewed it already. And also. Just get in store and get your hands on it. If there's a, a display model, get in there, have a play. If you like the look and the feel of it, then that can help you make your decision. If you want to read more about that story about why we're not upgrading our smartphones as often as we used to, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
Well, it's a big day today. If you're listening to this podcast, the Tech Guide podcast, episode 254, on the day it is released, which is June the 20th, then you are listening to it on World Wi-Fi Day. June 20 is World Wi-Fi Day, and to celebrate, to coincide with World Wi-Fi Day, Telstra is actually flicking the switch on its one millionth Telstra Air hotspot in Australia. Can you believe it? There's a million hotspots around the country. The millionth hotspot is going to be in the town of Mildura. And as I said, just in time to celebrate World Wi-Fi Day, if you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday, June the 20th, uh, which is the day it, uh, it's come out, then you are listening to it on World Wi-Fi Day. And Telstra is actually giving free and unlimited Wi-Fi access to anyone with a Wi-Fi device to, at more than 4,000 Telstra Air public hotspots on this day. If you're listening on June 20, you can get your free Wi-Fi. If you're listening later than that, I'm sorry, you've missed out. But that still doesn't take away the fact that Telstra has 1 million Telstra Air hotspots around the country. So Telstra hotspots spots allow people to connect, use their home broadband data, if you're a Telstra customer, anywhere in Australia. So rather than using your cellular data, you can use your massive bank of home broadband data. Not only can you use it in Australia, you can also use it around the world at participating FON Wi-Fi hotspots. Telstra has a partnership with them around around the world, so you're covered there. And sharing photos and videos is a very popular way for customers to use their free and unlimited Wi-Fi. And Telstra actually partnered with Instagram to uncover the top locations in every state where people are posting mo- more pictures and selfies on social media. So Telstra has all these air hotspots all around the country and in each state they've chosen the most instagrammed locations in the 12 months to december last year and in new south wales it's surprise surprise bondi beach victoria it's st kilda beach in queensland it's surface paradise beach are you seeing a theme here in western australia it's Fremantle beach in south australia it's glenelg beach and in tasmania it's the museum of old and new art not a beach so every other state, the, the top most Instagram location was a beach, not Tasmania. They do love their art. The uh, Mona, for short, Museum of Old and New Art. Telstra Air Hotspots, one million of them, of them out there right now. If you're a Telstra customer, you can enjoy that connection anywhere you want. If you want to read more about that story, check it out, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. There's lots of valuable stuff that's stored on your computer. You think about it, family photos, videos, tax and work documents. But what would you do if all of a sudden they were gone, if they were encrypted and impossible to retrieve? That right there, that's called ransomware. It's a malware that locks you out of your own files and then criminals demand that you pay up or lose access to them forever. The bad news is ransomware is on the rise here in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware, including the recent WannaCry ransomware, by blocking dangerous files, warning you against dodgy links before you click, and backing up files from your PC to the cloud so you'll have a copy if anything goes awry. 
To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Alrighty, jumping into our first review for this week is the iPad Pro 10.5 inch. It was only announced a couple of weeks ago at the Worldwide Developers Conference. And yes, we've got our hands on it. The iPad Pro 10.5 inch, slightly larger than your regular iPad. So there is still an iPad that is 9.7 inches. That was the size of the old entry-level iPad Pro. The iPad at 9.7 is going to remain, but the iPad Pro is now going to start at 10.5 inches in size. And it's not much bigger than the 9.7-inch iPad, so you're getting about nearly 20% extra screen for only having a slightly larger device. It does that with uh, thinner bezels, slightly larger device itself, but not much bigger, but you're getting an extra nearly 20% extra screen real estate. The thing about this device is it's not only bigger, it's a whole lot better. And we'll start with the screen. The retina display is simply stunning. It is, uh, it, it, for, for a start, the, the, the screen is brighter. So you're getting about 600 nits brightness, which is 20% brighter than the uh, previous iPad. The 12.9-inch uh, iPad is actually 50% brighter than its previous model as well. It too has been updated with these new specs also. There's an anti-reflective coating on the screen as well. So reflections are cut by 40%. And that really opens up iPad Pro to use anywhere, even outdoors in bright sunlight, any kind of lighting conditions. You're going to get a lot less reflection. And so you'll be able to see the screen a lot easier. It's also more colorful. It's got a wider P3 color gamut, 25% more color saturation than your typical sRGB monitor, which is quite impressive. But the real, the, the, one of the one of the cool new features is is called ProMotion. This is a technology that can actually dynamically adjust the screen refresh rate of the iPad Pro. Now, how this helps uh, is this. What what happens, it reads what sort of content you're looking at on the screen. So if you're watching a video or looking at a still image, it can detect that content and then lower the refresh rate to suit that content. So if you're looking at a still image, for example, you don't need the screen to refresh at 120 hertz. You need a lot lower refresh rate, if, it, if any at all. So what that does is that lowers the refresh cycles, lowers the strain on the battery, and gives you a, a, a longer battery life. That is uh, That applies to not only when you're watching content, it also makes it really when you when you're scrolling between screens using multi-touch that is all a whole, a whole lot smoother and better thanks to that pro motion technology so when you're opening apps browsing the web playing games that really makes a notice, noticeable difference in terms of the smoothness and the speed in which you do it uh, the other thing too is it's got a, it's got true tone on board as well which means that the color and intensity of the screen can adjust depending on the light level that you, you might be under a fluorescent light or out in under a warm light or outside in daylight the screen can adjust its intensity so you're still getting accurate colors based on the sort of light that that you're surrounded by 
Also, too, the larger screen, the 10.5-inch screen, means that on screen, you now get your virtual keyboard is actually a full-screen, full-size keyboard. And, of course, they've got the smart keyboard accessory, which allows you to have that full physical keyboard there as well. So that bigger screen not only gets you a full-size key, keyboard, but also a, a bit more screen real estate because you can do things. This this is kind of a laptop replacement here we're talking about. So multitasking, things like that, switching between apps is really easy as well. And uh, and the, the design has had a slight tweak. Uh, it's 6.1 millimeters thick, weighs just 478 grams as well. So that's the that's the 10.5 inch new iPad Pro. But it ain't all about looks. It's about performance as well. And it's got a new A10X Fusion chip on board. That's got 64-bit architecture, six cores. So you're comparing this in terms of speed and performance to a high-end PC or laptop. So, And this is a device that's only so thin and light you can carry anywhere, but still has that grunt to get through those tasks. What What is really impressive is that if you're doing things like photo editing, 4K video editing, animations, right there in the palm of your hand, they're all happening in real time, you'll be really impressed by the CPU performance, which happens to be 30% faster than the previous A9X processor, 40% better graphics performance too. So all around, whether it's work or play, the iPad Pro is going to be performing a lot better. Uh, another part of the thing, so when when programmers create apps for the iPad, they use a software called Metal, a programming language called Metal. And it's the, this Metal programming language works so well on the iPad. It's designed to run on iPad, so it runs really smoothly and really quickly. So that's another thing that the, the apps created by Metal are going to run buttery smooth on the iPad Pro. Battery-wise, again, the trademark 10-hour battery life, and that comes from the improvement in its performance. Remember I was talking about the refresh rate, the adjustable refresh rate, because it's refreshing. The refresh rate doesn't have to run at its highest level at all times. That saves on the battery, and that that comes out in that 10-hour battery life performance. And, of course, this the iPad Pro allows you to draw on the screen with the Apple Pencil. Not included the Apple Pencil. You need to spring another 145 bucks to get the Apple Pencil, but it allows you to write and draw on the screen uh, and do plenty of things. It's a precision instrument. If you, you sort of tilt it on its side, you can do shading, and it's really responsive. Thanks to that ProMotion technology, responsive, as responsive as a real pen writing on a real bit of piece of paper. So if you're into your writing, drawing, or artistry with the Apple Pencil, it's better than ever. Camera's also been improved. It's got actually the same camera as the iPhone 7. Same size lens, 12 megapixel uh, sensor as well. So we all know how good the iPhone 7 camera is. So you're going to get that aboard the iPad Pro 10.5 inch as well. On the audio side, four speakers, uh, and also it knows its orientation, so it's going to send, uh, it's got good bass all around, but it's going to send the mid and high frequencies to the uppermost speakers, depending on how you're holding it. If you're holding it in uh, in portrait mode, the, the top two speakers as you're holding it are going to get the high and mid levels. If you're holding it in landscape, then the top two as you're holding it there, so see how it dynamically adjusts, and you're going to hear terrific audio to go with that brilliant screen as well. Now, The iPad Pro is already a good device, but you know what? Later this year when iOS 11 is released, it's going to get even better. 
I can't remember a time when an iOS update, uh, and we're up to iOS 11, I can't remember a time where there was more improvements and new features set aside for the iPad than the iPhone. The iPhone, yeah, you're going to get some new features on the iPhone, a few refinements, but there's a lot more new features and capabilities that are going to come to the iPad, our iPad Pro and the iPad once you go to iOS 11. For a start, there's going to be a new dock, so similar to what uh, Mac OS has, a new files app, so all your files you can put in one place, uh, more powerful multitasking, drag and dropping of multiple objects, uh, so really, uh, really going to increase the, the capabilities, the performance of the device as well. Uh, iOS 11 should be released later this year, we're, we're thinking probably September, uh, so that's in a few months' time. Accessories, of course, you get the smart keyboard cover. They've also got a beautiful new leather sleeve that lets you also fit the pencil in there. The keyboard, smart keyboard covers 235 bucks, and the leather sleeve is 189 bucks. Only criticism I've got is that the accessories aren't cheap. Yeah, the Apple Pencil is an extra 145 bucks. Uh, entry level 10.inch uh, iPad Pro is $979. That doesn't include Apple Pencil. The entry-level 12.9-inch iPad Pro is 1119 bucks. That's for the Wi-Fi-only 64-gig models. You want to go to the Wi-Fi Plus cellular, you're looking at 1179 entry for the 10.5, 1399 entry for the 12.9, and that's 64-gig storage. There is available 256 and a massive 512-gig capacities as well, and, of course, the price goes up for those as well. Accessories aren't cheap. They're not included. The Apple Pencil isn't included. So if you do want to accessorize the iPad with a smart keyboard and an Apple Pencil, uh, you look at an extra more than more than three hundred dollars closer to $400 for those extras. But if you do want a quality device with good accessories that can that can be a genuine laptop replacement, a powerful tool in your hands, then I think, in our opinion, it's worth the money. You want to read our full review of the iPad Pro 10.5? Check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up, we're talking about a new device, a new product from Sphero. Now, Sphero have already got an uh, amazing amount of runs on the board. We've, we're talking BB-8, the, uh, the, the great toy that they created. The original Sphero was, it was a, a ball-shaped robot, and naturally BB-8 from Star Wars The Force Awakens was a, uh, was a terrific toy that they also created. So uh, that was a hit as well last year. They also created more recently the ultimate lightning McQueen from cars. You know, they, they've, they've taken it. They've, they, this was brilliant product that they've taken. It's almost like they've taken it off the screen and just breathed life into it. And now it's a real thing. Uh, it, it is such an, an interesting and, and an interactive product that is hours, years of fun. Well, they're back again with a new high tech toy. And this time it's the interactive app enabled Spider-Man. And this is a product that will, it's not just a toy. It could become your best mate. This is an interactive device. It's about 21.5 centimetres tall. It's got a silicon finish, so it's got the sort of a cartoonish design, so it's got a bigger head than its body, so it's a bit of a caricature of a Spider-Man. But it can talk to you, it can react to you, play games with you, tell you stories, tell you jokes. It's got these expressive LCD eyes that make it appear like it's blinking. You can set it up. You can interact with it through the app. You can just talk to it. When you set up the app, it's quite it's quite funny because you you choose a name, 
and I chose my name is Supreme Shark. So whenever I walk in the room, hey, Supreme Shark, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of the day it is, and uh, makes these funny comments, also makes jokes about the name you choose. You can also choose a, a power, uh, whether you want to have um, uh, laser eyes or whatever you happens to choose from. The app lets you set that up as well. Once that's all done in the setup process, then you become a buddy to Spider-Man. So you can, uh, it, it's got the built-in intelligence. So the more you talk to it, the more it learns and gets to know who you are. You can have a conversation with this thing. You can even ask it to tell you a joke. It's got quite a wicked sense of humor as well. Uh, so some, some pretty sick jokes, and sick as in you know, dad dad jokes. Other jokes you really got to think about. There's some pretty pretty nice uh, jokes that aren't immediately obvious, but once you do get it, they're actually quite clever. Uh, it is really easy to set up with the app, and as I said, the more you talk to it, the more the better it goes. You can walk right up to it and say things like, make me laugh, or tell me a story, let's go on patrol, let's do something funny. So there are all these missions, there are 25 missions built in, 20 stories, 15 games, it's got 100 jokes in its memory. But the good thing about it is that it's updatable. The app allows you to update it. So any new features they think about, say, I reckon a, a no-brainer will be when the Spider-Man movie comes out on Blu-ray. I think Spider-Man Homecoming starts in a month or so. When that comes out for home entertainment, I think they'll have an update where Spider-Man can react to the movie, just like BB-8 can uh, when it's watching Star Wars and Ro- Force Awakens and Rogue One. That's a sort of improvement and update that you can expect from Sphero and this product as well. Already a great product out of the box, but you can you can rest assured it's going to get even better uh, as time goes by with app updates and new features. The Spider-Man Interactive App-Enabled Hero is available from Apple Stores. It's uh, Apple Stores, EB Games, Zing, Tech2Go, Newslink. It's $249.99, and as I said, it's not just a toy. This could be your new best friend. You want to read about that whole story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, we're going to talk about Samsung Pay. That's uh, We've heard of Apple Pay. Samsung also have a, a Pay, and this is uh, a way for you to use your credit cards. And at the moment, uh, to begin with, before last week, you could all already use it with Westpac, Citibank, and American Express. They were already Samsung Pay partners. Well, just a few days ago, another partnership was re- agreed was reached with Cuskill, and they bring 38 more financial institutions. So if you're a customer of some of the of People's Choice Credit Union or Credit Union Australia, Teachers Mutual Bank. Uh, there's a whole lot to see there. Sydney Credit Union, Unibank, uh, the Woolworths Employees Credit Union. All of these financial institutions are now Samsung Pay compatible. So if you've got a Samsung Galaxy S6 and above, uh, 6 Edge Plus, Galaxy Note 5 and above, Galaxy A5 and A7, the Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge, and of course, the S8 and S8 Plus. Samsung Pay will work with those credit cards from those credit unions. I've listed all of them on Tech Guide, so you can check out if yours is among them. And uh, it's really easy to use. You're scanning your card. You, you swipe up from the bottom, fingerprint authentic- authentication. And wherever you can use your credit card, you'll, all, you'll be able to use Samsung Pay. So if you're using your credit card somewhere already, chances are 
you be able to use Samsung Pay at that very spot as well. Uh, Samsung Pay is ex- expanding. It's got more than 870 bank partnerships around the world, more than 240 million transactions processed just in the last 18 months. And really easy to do. And if you are part of those, uh, one of those financial institutions, if a customer of those financial institutions and you happen to own a Samsung device, then Samsung Pay will be available to you. If you want to check out that story and see if your financial institution is included with those new Samsung Pay partners, then you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs, and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected... You have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi Tri-Band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi. Better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. couple of quick questions. We had uh, some emails from some readers. The first one was a reader asking whether they can update their 2010 21.5-inch iMac to SSD drives. That's solid state drive. So what they're asking there is can they replace their hard drive with an SSD drive to make it a little bit faster. Uh, so when, when it's accessing documents and, and applications, it fires up a little faster. So can you update the iMac to SSD? The answer is yes. There are companies, computer companies, that can install the SSD in place of your existing hard drive. So if you've got the old spinning hard drive uh, that, uh, that that's on board uh, an iMac that's as old as 2010. This is a 21.5-inch iMac, so not the full 27-inch. Yes, you can replace that SSD. And the same goes for uh, other laptops, whether it's a Mac laptop or, or an older Windows laptop. There are nine times out of ten you will be able to replace Place the existing hard drive with an SSD drive. And what that does, because there's no moving parts, is it makes it lighter, it makes it faster, it lets you get your applications and your documents faster than you would uh, on your regular hard drive. The other question we had was from a reader asking about their cat and how it wanders around the neighbourhood and sometimes the owner doesn't know where it is. Is there a way to track it? Well, the answer is absolutely there is. Yes, you can. Using a GPS tracker, several of them are already on the market. These are little modules that fit on the collars of a cat or a dog and an app then links to that module and allows you to see exactly where they are, exactly where they've been. So if you they're not home right away, if they're not home and you want to know where they are, you can track them down and uh, and see exactly where they are through the GPS. So yes, you can track your pets with GPS. I've written about all these sorts of products as well at techguide.com.au. 
And that is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And please get in touch with us. If you've got a question or you want some advice, email us at info at techguide.com.au. We might be talking about your question and answer on the Tech Guide Help Desk. A special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.